these viruses moved from chimps to humans. We think that was probably almost 100 years ago in southeast Cameroon. Since then, it's been circulating in central Africa. And we estimate that one branch of that family tree of, of viruses moved into the Caribbean sometime in the late 60s. And in this current study, with these complete genomes that we've recovered from a bunch of samples from the 1970s from New York City and San Francisco, we can place a really quite precise date on the jump into North America, probably in particular into New York City at around 1971. So this thing that was killing these young gay men in California and, and, and New York that was breaking news in 1981, by that point was probably 50 years old. Gaetan Duga himself died of AIDS in 1984 and posthumously got the insult to fatal injury of being labeled patient zero. Tell me how that whole term began to get traction in the literature and in the culture. He was originally called Case 057 because he was the 57th person who came to the CDC's attention. At the same time, they start doing an epidemiological analysis that focuses on some of the early patients in Southern California and realize that this patient is linked sexually to some of these people. They label him no longer as patient 57, but as patient O, because he's from outside the California area. O, not zero, O, for outside, like a misread license plate number or a misread credit card number or VIN number. And because the American practice is not to put a slash mark through our zeros, an easy mistake to make. Who made it? Uh, no one knows the answer to that question as far as I can tell, but internally within CDC, people working on this epidemiological study started to refer to patient O as patient zero before this paper was published. By the time the paper's published, he enters the scientific literature as patient zero. But it wasn't until the publication of a very influential and in many ways fantastic book called In the Band Played On by Randy Schiltz in 1987 that this patient zero term went really, really widespread. Schiltz was able to piece together who the person referred to in the scientific paper as patient zero was and makes it a thread that runs through his book. When the book is published, his editor convinces him that it would be good for book sales to really sell it on the idea of this typhoid Mary analogy. And my understanding from my co-author, who's a historian, a guy named Rich McKay, who's done a sort of forensic analysis of the genesis of, of this misinformation, is that Schiltz was horrified initially at this idea, but relented and was convinced that maybe that was going to be the best thing to get the word out. On the overall contents of the book, which was sort of an indictment of the slow response by the Reagan administration to pay much attention to HIV-AIDS... Some have questioned the ethics of outing the first case and turning a victim of a disease into some sort of scallywag. On the other hand, from an epidemiological point of view, it is critical, is it not, 
that the origin of a viral outbreak be identified in order to chase it down? I would reiterate that patient zero was not the first patient in any way, shape, or form. He was the 57th to come to people's attention. Many other people had symptoms even earlier than him, even within that original study. And so the value of outing him, I'm not convinced that that had much scientific or public health value at all. And I am convinced that it had tremendously negative consequences on his reputation, no doubt on his family. And it probably played into this idea that people who have HIV themselves should somehow be to blame rather than the virus itself. The other day I, I saw a story in the New York Times about the ethics of hunting down so-called patient zero. And in that piece...